Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Girl Never Again. This is your host, Nana. This is Winter. And this is Trinity. Alright, so today we have a very special guest. So excited. And um, actually, none of us really know her. This is one of my um, big sister's friends. She is a licensed therapist. And so we're really excited to have her on today. In a previous episode, we were talking about how we all may need therapy. So we came up with some questions to ask her just to get a rundown on what type of therapy she does, you know, uh, what population she serves and things of that nature. So here we go. Hi, Crochet. Hey, girl. How's it going? Good. Thank you for being part of um, this episode. We're really excited to have you. Um, we have a few questions, um, but first, I would like you to introduce yourself and let everybody know, like, um, who you are and like your sure. credentials and everything. Absolutely. So, hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Quashay Thomas. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and um, I'm the founder of Radiant Life Counseling and Wellness. Um, primarily, my experience started working with children um so i worked with kids age 14 up to teenagers age 17 um then i transitioned to working with um <laughs> i went to work for the jail <laughs> when oh, i got wow. my license yeah um which was a crazy very fun experience um and then um I worked with adults, obviously, at the jail, and then I transitioned to working for, um, like, a smaller, um, like, privately owned company, where I worked with um, both children and adults and their families, um, so I have an experience in, a, you know, several different, I guess, areas, um, uh, populations that, that I work for. Oh, okay, so, um... What uh, universities did you go to, and what made you want to do therapy? Yeah, so I, um, so I thought my whole life, like prior to wanting to be a therapist, I thought I was going to be an attorney. Like I was watching Court TV when I was in like fifth grade, and this is back when Court TV was like straight up court, right. not like all that fun like forensic files and Nancy Grace. Like it was just straight up court, but I loved it. Um, but. Um, my mom was actually diagnosed um, with a mental health condition oh, okay. when I was in high school. Yeah, and I just remember her saying, like, she would talk to her therapist, but, like, she didn't really feel like her doctors or her therapists were listening, you know? Right. So, um, in high school, I took um, an intro to psychology class that, like, gave you, like, college credit if you passed the AP exam. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took that and I wanted to like understand like what my mom was going through because you know as a teenager like sometimes people don't really explain to you what's going on like if there's changes in the family and stuff so I just wanted to know like what was going on with my mama you know right um and so when I went to college I actually went to UTSA and okay. Anna, that's where I met your sister okay <laughs> um yeah we were actually a part of the same organization so, um, I went to UTSA in San Antonio, mm-hmm. um, and then I got accepted to, um, Houston Baptist University here in Houston okay. for my master's. Uh, so I have a bachelor's in psychology. I have a master's in counseling psychology, and, um, I got my license actually in December of 2019 is when I like, was done with uh, my internship 
Because like, if you want to be a therapist, like obviously you have to get your bachelor's in whatever. Right. It doesn't really matter what you get your bachelor's in. Um, if it's not in psychology, you have to take like some prereqs mm-hmm. in your master's. But you definitely have to get a master's, and then you have to take the licensing exam, which is super hard. Um, and then after you take your licensing exam, you have to do three thousand hours of therapy before they'll give you like a full unrestricted license. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so. If you have any doubts about whether or not counselors know, like, what they're talking about, we have to go through a very, like, rigorous standard before we can even sit in front of you as a client to do any type of therapy. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know if my sister told you, but, like, I have a bachelor's degree in social work, and I'm currently at the university. I got my bachelor's degree from um, Prairie View, and I'm currently at the University of Houston, um, part of the graduate uh, college of social work program to get my msw my uh concentration is clinical which means yeah. i could be a therapist but i don't want to be one anymore <laughs> <laughs> well let me tell you there are so many things you can do with your um license that go beyond therapy because mm-hmm. like the real key is the burnout in therapy is like around five to seven years mm-hmm. right and so, when you're doing this clinical work that is very rewarding, but it's very hard, um, just know that, like, therapy is not the only thing you're limited to. Like, right now, I work for an insurance company um, because they have behavioral health clinicians that wow. work for insurance companies. So, like, I, I still talk to members, but, like, I don't have to... I'm not doing the case management in the streets, like, going right. off the house. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because that's kind of what we think we're limited to but girl talk to me after the show there's so many things you can do with your life <laughs> i'm so glad you said that though because actually me and donna are case managers at the moment and we hate it we hate it like we literally yesterday was the wor- this past week was the worst week ever we worked for a foster care agency the work the actual job is not that bad it's our yeah. caseload the amount mm-hmm. of work that it is and it, it's so much like just yeah. so draining i feel like and these companies make so much money off of the work that you're doing right. um it definitely it definitely is a lot because i started as a case manager too girl so i completely understand what you're talking about it's a lot it, it makes you resent the job they make it so hard to do the job like even if you enjoy the interaction like you know, with the kids and with the parents, like, the company sometimes makes it so hard that right. you, like, don't want to do it anymore. But, girl, work for yourself. Trust me. We'll talk. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we need it. We'll talk. Is, yeah. We are so over it already. And I've only been there yeah. for two months. And I'm already... Yeah. And I, I just started in January. She started in February. So, we... This is our first uh, career job out of college. I, she graduated in December and I graduated in August. So, this is like a... Uh, whoo! It's like well, I'm kind of like you thought it was gonna be. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I, it's kind of like disappointing for me because I always had that feel like, oh my gosh, what if I graduate, get my degree, and I don't even like it? But I know this is only like one of so many yep. um, things I can do, so I'm trying exactly. not to get discouraged. But it's really hard. It's like I took two days off a month ago, mm-hmm. and I'm still behind from when I right. took off, and I wasn't behind when I when I wasn't in. So. It's, it's getting like really like discouraging so like I wanted to ask you did you ever go through a phase where you didn't know what you wanted to do career right um I can't say that I had that problem it was more so kind of what you're explaining like is this really what I want to do mm-hmm. um and I battled that pretty much every day 
almost for like four years. So okay. we're actually like five years. Um, because I believed in the work. I knew that there's a need, you know, for black people to be in this work because right. unfortunately there's so many social workers that don't look like us, mm-hmm. but they're interacting with people that look like us. So I knew that it was necessary and um you know, there were times where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to drop out and be a stripper. I'm going to get a BBL. Like, I'm just going to do it because this is it. Like, and I lived, when I was going to grad school, it was so funny. I lived on Richmond, which, you know, like, all the strip clubs are on Richmond. Right. So I would be passing up all the strip clubs, going to my little $16 an hour job, you know, uh-huh. straight out of college. And I'm like, you know what, I could, I could strip. Like, I could totally do this. Yeah. Um, so that was like, that, when I tell you, like, feeling discouraged, it comes... Like, to whom is given, much is required. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to have a battle um, during this journey of, like, questioning yourself because the devil doesn't want you to fulfill God's mission for you, which is to help people heal. You know, like, he don't want people to be happy. So he's going to make this hard on you. He's going to make it seem real attractive to, you know, go into another field that doesn't have nearly as much stress. Right. You know? Um, So really sit with yourself and think, like, okay, Am I discouraged because I don't like what I'm doing, or am I discouraged because this isn't a fit for me? Right. You know, that's the difference. That makes a lot of sense because I also um, I'm in the process of getting my real estate license, and so I'm thinking I just kind of want to do a whole career change. But then it's like you know my whole life I've always said I want to help people, I want to be in the social work field, like it's something about that I really wanted to do. But now that I'm in it, I'm like I don't think I want to do this anymore. You know. So I totally understand what you mean. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a mental battle that I'm going through, like, within myself. Yeah. You know, and I, I say this, you know, when I before I went to graduate school, I did work in other fields. Like, when I went to graduate school, I, I um, had a, had, like, a paid job outside of, like, a volunteer position um, with the, um, what's it called? It's in San Antonio. Uh, family violence prevention services okay outside of that outside of that volunteer experience i didn't have any like casework or mental health background so mm-hmm. um i intentionally t- took some time off to see if there was something else that i wanted to do and i worked for you know uh, different companies and i was like nah like this isn't for me mm-hmm. you know i can do it i'm good at it you know like sales and marketing and stuff but like it's not it doesn't drive me. It's not my passion. And right. I know that um, on you ladies last episode, y'all were talking about like finding your passion. So, yeah. um, you know, it's important to y'all to be able to do work that not only pays you, but work that you believe in. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm excited that you listened to our last episode. I mean, uh, <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, Nana, I had to do a little bit of research um to know who i was talking to because i've definitely um and this you'll learn this too Mm -hmm. i definitely have jumped on projects with people and like didn't do that and i was like oh this doesn't align right (laughs) right like i mean i gave y'all benefit of the doubt obviously because your sister is like we're really close so Mm -hmm. like she can't you know i know she won't be thrown off but um but yeah no um so i listened i wanted to get a feel for y'all or whatever but no you were talking about you know finding your passion and finding what drives you so you know i encourage you like if you don't like this company one thing about me i'm never afraid to quit a job so try a different company every company has a different philosophy they operate very differently and 
find your fit yeah before you say this ain't for me you know what i mean yeah but it, it's like for me like i haven't had a problem with quitting a job in the past this is my 17th job since i was 16 <laughs> but you know okay. <laughs> but this is like my first like career job so like and i have my own apartment i'm about to move to a new one in two weeks i'm like worried about like money, money. Yeah. yeah so i'm like dang i can't just quit and then like um, right. our supervisor she actually uh, we actually work with her in our um, internship that we did in undergrad so it's like dang we kind of don't want to like let her down in a way you know yeah so Baby, it ain't personal mm-hmm. so yeah so <laughs> it's 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 very hard for us but um okay let's go ahead and dispel like the myths the myths and realities of therapy like what are like like your clients like what are like their i guess fears that's gonna happen with you know we're going to therapy so in the past um most of my clients have been involuntary right Uh so you have a difference between voluntary clients who like elect to go to therapy they're like okay you know i want to work on some things let me go talk to somebody um and then you have involuntary clients which they're either required to do therapy because their mama told them to you know for the case of the kids or you know when they're in jail like they have to do some type of therapeutic intervention um depending on you know where they're housed um so oftentimes when i would run into clients like they just feel like the person, number one, is not going to listen. They feel like the person is going to judge them. Right. Um, they feel like therapy flat out is not going to help. Or they feel like therapy is just for people who are, like, quote-unquote crazy. Like, right. you have to be, um, you have to have, like, a serious, like, clinical mental health diagnosis in order to get therapy. Right. right. Um, or they've had therapists that, like, call CPS on them. Or, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, they just don't feel comfortable talking to somebody who's not their friend or family member right you know? yeah um some of the kids like on our caseload like the teenagers um we recommend that they uh have therapy just because of some of the some of the trauma that they um they went through in the, yeah and so the kids they actually have the the teenagers actually have an option to say um oh no i don't want therapy or yes i want therapy but the reason that they don't want it is because they feel like they just don't need it but yeah. how their behaviors are you know kids that weren't exposed to the trauma that they were exposed to don't uh-huh. act like that and they don't uh-huh. know how to I guess deal with their trauma or um, cope, with cope with it yeah but right. and I, I always try to encourage them but you know <laughs> I always try to encourage them to go. Yeah, they don't listen. I always try to encourage them, but then in my head, I'm like, I wouldn't want to do this either. I wouldn't want to go either. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, how can I convince a 16 year old to go? And I'm sitting here thinking, like, dang, I think I need to go too, but I'm kind of scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always felt like that. Like maybe I need some therapy. Right. Okay. So, so when you when you make the decision on like um, like therapy is not just because you feel suicidal or right. you have bipolar, right? Therapy is like literally you can learn skills to deal with your everyday stresses. Right. Um. I've had, I've never had therapy myself. You know, I don't. Mm. I wouldn't sell a product that I don't believe in. Right. And it just it um 
for a lot of people, it's probably the only place that you're going to go where, one, somebody can't tell your business. Because, right. like, legally, you can sue me if I do so. But right. you ain't got to worry about nobody talking about you. Right. Um, and, two, like, it's, it's the only, for a lot of people, the only environment where it's about them. Where right. they have a relationship where it's about them. Because, and I tell people, like, the, the therapeutic space, it's not my space. As mm-hmm. the therapist, it's your space. Right. You know? And so, if you think about, you know, some of your own relationships, like, you don't have any relationship really where it's all about you, even with your parents sometimes. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. Yeah. a relationship in and of itself, you know, you, you, you can find yourself talking about things that um, maybe you're not comfortable discussing with people that know you because you don't want to feel judged, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And therapy is a no-judgment zone. I did therapy uh, for a little bit through better health like last year um I had broke up with my ex and I was just like so depressed for some reason right <laughs> and um I did it through better health um better not better health better help and yeah. it was like over the phone because I was just so scared to actually do a face-to-face I don't know mm-hmm. like and I'm still scared to do a face-to-face and yeah. I'd much rather I I feel like I would have benefited benefited from it more if it was face to face, but I'm just so I don't know what it is. Like I feel like I'm just so scared to do a face to face, and and now it wouldn't be about relationship problems. It would just be about like all aspects oh, of wow. my life. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. think that's what that's that's like the scary part to me. Like and I feel like I don't I would find out things about myself that I don't want to know. Deal with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't hide. It's hard. And, and that's that's another I guess thing that's scary about therapy mm-hmm. um, because the things that you're holding down like keeping away like they're gonna come up and um, there are parts of therapy that are really cool like really beautiful but like sometimes you're gonna leave a therapy session and be completely like exhausted right, right? that's a part of what people call the work you know right. um, it's a part of the process but when you come out on the other end you don't have to battle those demons that you try so hard to pretend aren't there. You right. know? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Trinity has uh, revealed on a couple episodes back that she thinks she has daddy issues. Um, okay. You, you Welcome wanna... to the club. <laughs> Thank take you. A, look, take, look, take a refreshment. <laughs> yeah, so I've always felt like, I feel like now more than ever, I feel like I actually can benefit from therapy for it mm-hmm. i feel yeah. like in the past i would just think like okay my daddy wasn't involved like it is what it is but now i feel like now that i'm grown and am like wanting to get in real relationships and like wanting to be married mm-hmm. and stuff i feel like now that i'm at that stage in my life now it's really affecting me right so like my i have a question about it so do okay. you hear like women with daddy issues struggle in relationships and marriages more so I'm going to say this, Trinity. The relationship that you have with your caregivers, your primary caregivers, that attachment, you're going to repeat it. It's the most significant attachment that you have with your parents. Whether it's a healthy attachment or it has dysfunction, that is the sometimes um, example, right, that, let me see, that, that's, that relationship you're going to repeat. The, the patterns of that relationship you're going to repeat with your friends, um, you know, with your romantic partners. So it's not like, it is a, it can be a quote-unquote daddy issue source, but in general, the relationship that you have with your parents and the connection that you have to your parents is going to show itself in the relationships and connections that you make outside of them. 
that's interesting. Yeah. I've always said I felt like I'm always going to resent my dad. Like, I feel like I'll never get over it just because I don't understand how you can have a kid and not, like, want to be there for the kid. And I feel like when I have kids, it's only going to make it worse because I I hope that my kids don't have to go through what I went through. And if they don't, then I'm going to not understand why he couldn't do what my Mm -hmm. kid's dad is doing for them, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So when you said like trying to break the cycle. Yes. So when you said like the most significant um, attachment is the one you have with your parents. So how would somebody with um, basically no attachment to their dad um reacting like relationships the attachment is there um it's it's there's a name for it it just might be negative it's neglect right it's avoidance um right it has a name it it isn't um it doesn't exist it's just the type of attachment is the fact that it's not there right right so everybody and you've probably heard this before, everybody responds to events in their life very differently, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So for some people, you know, male and female, they may desire that relationship and connection with a man. So they're going to behave very differently from somebody who doesn't desire a connection or relationship with a man, right? Right. And they can both have a non-existent partner, uh, not partner, a non-existent parent. They're just... Um, they're expressing it in very different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So, for you, you know, if you have kind of a dismissive parent, you may find yourself feeling highly independent and you don't need a connection with somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you don't need an emotional or, um, you know, romantic attachment to people because you don't, you, you never had it. You know, my thing is, so my dad was absent and then my mom was a, she obviously was a single mom, but she had never, she's never been married still to this day. Mm -hmm. So I Mm -hmm. feel like growing up seeing that, it makes me want to be married like 10 times more than the average person my age. (laughs) 22. (laughs) So you mean like you have over, like you're an over accomplisher or something like that? No, it's just like I have a strong desire to want to be in a relationship to want to be married. Because her parents weren't in a relationship or married. Yeah. Regardless of how your relationship with your parents is, that's totally normal. We need connections with other people. We can't exist alone. I mean, look at how everybody is reacting to not being able to go to Sunday Funday. Okay. You know what I'm saying? We need connections to people. So, you know, don't be so hard on yourself, boo. It's okay to say, like, I didn't have a good relationship with my parents. So I want a connection with somebody, even if you've never seen a healthy relationship. That's that's totally normal to want to feel that way. Right. right. It's human, you know. Right. Okay. So. <laughs> that makes it feel better. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. Aww, I hope so. <laughs> okay, we'll take a hat. Okay. So. I don't, I don't mean to like turn the conversation very dark, but I, I, I touched on this in multiple episodes. When I was okay. 12, um, I was raped by my uncle. And um, my mom knew something was wrong with me because my behavior started to change. So she sent me to therapy, but I never opened up to the therapist. Like, really, it was just a waste mm-hmm. of time because right. 
at the time my uncle was still living with me so if I would have I felt like if I would have told the therapist that he was still raping me that something would have popped so I just I just never talked to the therapist I was just telling her uh -huh. stuff like oh um I don't know it's just normal teenage stuff and I'm just being rebellious and whatever um and I eventually did tell my parents and there's this whole legal thing going on but my thing is like my mom she kept like she would ask me like do you feel like you need to go to therapy now as an adult and mm -hmm. I I do but I the reason why I feel like I don't is because I've already accepted the situation for what it was like I can't rewind time he's a very sick disgusting mm -hmm. person we're already mm -hmm. you know going through the whole legal system and things like that but I know that inside of me whenever I have my own children it's really going to mess me up that's kind of why I do want to go to therapy but I don't want to go right. to therapy because it's like what am I I just feel like what, I've already cried about it multiple times I've already accepted the situation for what it was it's just like I, I guess I'm just struggling with do I or do I not go to therapy for it yeah. Well, Winter, first of all, let me say that I'm honored that you share that with me because for you to not feel comfortable opening up to a therapist that you had a relationship with, um, but here we are now 25 minutes into the conversation and you opened up to me like I'm very honored. Mm -hmm. um, and I appreciate you for being so honest. You know, that's really hard. Mm -hmm. You're right. It happened, you know, a number of years ago. It's not happening now. But going to therapy can help you break down the ways that it does affect you now mm -hmm. you can if you if you want if you choose to you know go back and break down the ways that you couldn't talk about mm -hmm. um in terms of like how it affected you when you were a child and how it made you feel mm -hmm. um but you can also go to therapy to say hey this is affecting me in the present mm -hmm. oftentimes when you go to therapy it's um the 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 technique is called here and now mm -hmm. you're gonna more so focus on the challenges that you have today in uh, certain types of therapy um, versus talking about what you went through in the past because mm -hmm. you're right there's nothing you can do about it um it's already happened in terms of going to therapy is not going to make that go away mm -hmm. right yeah um but here and now in the here and now you can talk to your therapist about how this is affecting you in the present because it is still affecting you, you know, especially if it isn't something that you dealt with in the moment or were not comfortable, not something that you just ignored, right? You weren't comfortable expressing that right, for yeah. a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and, and today it's still impacting you and you can talk about that very real impact in the present. I just think my main thing is like, you. My, okay, I guess this is what kind of bothers me. My dad forgave him and I just don't understand how he could do that you know what I mean because I I don't think my mom has forgiven him I think my sister because he he you know that also happened to my sister too I think she has forgiven him she you know is involved in church and things like that so that's where she I guess right. found peace and stuff but it's like me I don't forgive him I don't think I ever will and it's just like I don't know if because I have all this resentment and this hatred toward him does that make me a bad person like if he was no. to die today I really would not care and I'm That's just okay. like does that mean that I'm terrible because you know no. <laughs> even even if your sister forgave him she probably wouldn't care if he died either forgiveness <laughs> break down what forgiveness is forgiveness is saying you done with it that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that forgiveness isn't for him your father I can understand like you know, being frustrated that other people around you have, like, forgiven him, but forgiveness doesn't mean that they're okay and have mm. accepted what happened. Mm -hmm. That means that they're done with it. Yeah. They're not going to continue sucking the poison. Right. Um, that comes along with holding a grudge. Mm-hmm. Right? So, 
you are a hundred percent okay with feeling like the pain that nigga does. Like you do not have to. Um, a lot of times, people feel feel like like forgiveness means you have to restore the relationship. Right, right, or you right. Have to, no, it, no. That means you could you could totally forgive somebody and pay them nothing. Mm-hmm. You, that doesn't mean you have to have a relationship with him. That doesn't even mean you have to have a conversation with him. Forgiveness is just saying, you know what, I'm done with. Um, mm-hmm. I'm done with the the tox the toxic feeling of holding on to a grudge. Yeah. That's for you to be free. I mean, I, I I understand that too. I think like another thing is like I told my parents. Okay, I told my parents about this almost four years ago. That's when we also told the police almost four years ago. And it's like mm-hmm. it's been almost four years, and this man is still roaming free, just living his happy mm-hmm. life. Like, and I'm just like, dude, like you don't really like you don't deserve none of this. But I know I believe in karma, so I I know eventually like it's all gonna catch up to him. But it's just like, dang, like. I don't know, but I do feel like and you also don't know what his private experience. You're right. Is. You're absolutely. I have not seen him in God knows how. I just, I mean, he still lives in the same town that my grandma lives in, and everybody sees him around and stuff like that. But I, yeah, I don't know what goes on in his home and stuff like that. But I think I'm not. I'm not. I don't know what's gonna happen. But I just feel like to me, once there's some sort of justice for like me, my sister, right. and the other girls that he raped, I just feel like then. I would feel some way about it, but it's just like knowing he's just still out there free. It's just like dang, like I don't even. It's frustrating. And yeah. It's unfair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I eventually. To feel that way. Yeah, I eventually will go to therapy because I know it's not gonna be good on me when I have children. But it's just like right now, I feel like I mean I'm fine. Like I'm not even. I don't think about the situation on a daily basis. People think. I I do I sometimes don't feel like it. I mean, it did affect me. It will always have affected me, like until I die. Like that's that just leaves a mark on you know my soul. But it's like it didn't do a lot. Like even throughout the situation, while the situation was occurring, I never felt like he like took anything from me. I mean, yeah, like he took a part of my innocence, but I still felt like I had a lot of life to live, and I still feel that way now. That's kind of why I don't want to go to therapy because it's like he's not affecting me in the present. He just affected me in the past. Right. It's totally up to you what you discuss in therapy, mm-hmm. right? If there's a ethical standard that we hold in therapy called autonomy, right? So, mm-hmm. like, if I feel, and this is just an example, this is not how I actually feel. If I feel as a therapist that something like, um, you know, being victimized um, at a young age is something that can affect somebody in the present, if they don't talk about it, we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can't be like, oh, you know, Winter, this happened to you. It is very big. It's a very big deal. And we need to dedicate 12 sets. Like, no, that's not how therapy works. You Mm. talk about the things that bother you. Mm. And I tailor treatment to that. So you're not obligated to discuss those things in therapy if you don't want to. If it comes up, it comes up. But you have the autonomy to decide what you want to be treated on in therapy. That's totally your decision. Hmm. I didn't really because it it was such a long time ago. I don't even remember what the therapy sessions were about. I just and know you were 12, right? I was I wasn't twelve when I went to therapy, but I was fourteen, yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so I'm just like she was talking. <clears throat> I'm not even really trying to hear what she has to say because I wasn't really because tr- it's like I want I I wanted to tell her, but I knew I could not tell her. Like I wasn't ready to tell her at the time, even though I wanted to. So it was just like. I don't remember how what exactly she was saying to me i do remember she wasn't forcing me to say something that i didn't want to say but it's just 
to me just felt pointless because I didn't even open up about <laughs> anything. So, so your parents sent you to therapy? Why? Like because they, I started behaving. Yeah, like yeah. Okay, so um, I was starting to like talk back to my dad. I never really did that. I would uh-huh. um, start coming home after school like really late. Like and like I just I never I was doing stuff I wasn't doing. Like I was sneaking out the house. Like and I was just being really. Mm-hmm rebellious and they were like you don't ever do stuff like that so like what's going on with you and i'm just saying like no it's just like i'm just going through puberty like i'm i'm whatever just this basic mm-hmm. you know and so she was like well i feel like you need to talk to somebody because this is not you know normal mm-hmm. behavior and so that's when i started talking to the woman but I, we never discussed nothing about this i would just say stuff like um oh i sneak out because i just want to see boys i mean like i'm a teenage girl like we all go through stuff like that like i don't really feel like it's a big deal but in reality like it was all that stuff going on and another point um that if there's other survivors that are listening that i would like to make i know that there is um you know this idea that if something happens to you you have to speak up about it but winter baby you don't owe anybody your story Mm. you don't owe that to nobody yeah <clears throat> nobody not your therapist not your parents you don't owe that to anybody mm-hmm. that's nice <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh well thanks for sharing that I'm yeah sorry. i mean you know i'm not I, I i'm not scared to talk about it i feel like not i don't know i'm just i'm not holding i don't how am i trying to say this i don't have a problem speaking yeah. about it it's just that i spoke about it a lot three years ago and it's like because that's when it was fresh like i just started telling everyone and it's like now i'm at a point to where like everybody knows he's a rapist so (laughs) yeah Yeah. so okay so i wanted to uh navigate to like a relationship so okay trinity we me and trinity all three of us are having a private conversation about Uh just like um, our love lives or the lack of our love lives and <laughs> and Trinity said Trinity feels like I'm really not over my ex-boyfriend okay so let me give you like a little not backstory over him over the over, 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 well, yeah, no you said no, no. no Trinity said Trinity says that she feels like I'm not over the guy right and I said I probably not over the hurt it's yeah like, I don't I think she's over the guy 100 yeah, percent I, mean, I don't hurt. think that she's over the hurt that he caused her yeah, I don't feel like yeah. she's healed from that relationship so okay. Okay, I'm gonna give you a little backstory. So, um, this guy was with um, from high school all the way until from 2015 to 2019. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I know we had we, yeah we had lived together for a year and a half everything um he cheated on me like multiple times i only know about two times but it's probably more um it just was like a bad situation we ended up breaking up so after that after i stopped being sad and all that stuff or thought i stopped being sad um I, that's when i was more comfortable like talking to other guys this then third um but I keep finding myself whenever I'm talking to like a new guy, I'll be like, this nigga lying. Anytime he tell me something, I'll be like, he lying. Like, I don't know what the issue is. Like, okay, for instance, um, um, 
I was talking to this one guy. This is like this is the most recent instance. I was talking to this one guy, and um, I asked him like we went. Me and Trinity went to the Chance the Rapper concert at the rodeo before the rodeo shut down, and so he lives in that area. So I was like, oh, um, I'm at this Chance the Rapper concert. Like, what are you doing? Like, you want to hang out tonight? Whatever, whatever. And he was like, oh, um. I'm I'm very sleepy or something like that and then and then I was like I was like that's okay like I can bring food like we can still hang out and then he was like oh I'm um, actually I'm I'm about to go hang out with my friends I got so upset yeah, so, this one is exactly. I got so upset. I was like, "This nigga lying. Like, I don't want to talk to him no more." Blah, blah blah. Like, and every guy that I like come in contact with or talk to or what or whatever, like, I always feel like he, everything that comes out his mouth is a lie. Like, mm-hmm. it, even when they tell me stuff about the guys that they talk to, I'd be like, "This nigga lying." Like, you didn't right. like, you know. And I really want to stop doing that because I never used to be like that. I used to be like, "Okay, um, I'm gonna trust you until you do something for me not to trust you anymore." And so now it's like every little thing I'm be like, "Oh, he lying." Like, this doesn't make sense. Right. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's I don't know. What do you think? What it sounds like is that the relationship that you were in changed your core beliefs about mm-hmm. men. Yeah. yeah. It's like you have right. PTSD from that relationship. You can 100% have PTSD from relationships. Um, and I was going to touch on it. Who said that, Trinity? Yeah. I was going to touch on that in terms of when people think of PTSD, they think, oh, this person been in war, they've been in a bad car accident, they mm-hmm. have, like, you know, I don't know. They've had some, like, major, like, you know, event in their life that caused trauma, but relationships can 100% um, cause the same effects. So, there is a um, part of what's called cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a quiz on that before before we did the uh-huh. call. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you already know, you, you know, yeah. uh, what, what people have, what are called core beliefs. And mm-hmm. a part of CBT is um, targeting those core beliefs to see how it affects our thinking and our behaviors. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, while like the lady said, while you may be over the relationship, you know, with the man, you may still be holding on to the core beliefs that you developed as a response to yeah. being with him. Yeah. Uh, that's tough. That is so yeah, tough. Yeah. But see, yeah, yeah. with like my daddy issues, I feel like I have PTSD from it because like for example when I was younger you know my dad used to be like I'm gonna come pick you up this weekend blah 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 and the weekend would come and I would be calling and calling and calling he wouldn't answer so now like when I'm talking to a guy or something and I'm calling him and he doesn't answer it like triggers me like mm-hmm. is he you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and so I feel but that like, man ain't your father right? yeah yeah he's, he's literally not your father you know mm-hmm. but it's just like a trigger that I have like when people don't answer my phone calls no, I understand that because it feels like abandonment. Yeah. <laughs> even even if I don't answer, if I send her a voicemail because I'm doing something, I have to text her like, girl, yeah. I'm going to call you right back. <laughs> you know, don't be sad. Right. <laughs> and then when you have that, when you have that moment, right, where you call somebody and they don't answer, you go into fortune teller mode, right? Because mm-hmm. you know exactly why they don't answer. They don't answer because they don't want to talk to you and they're ignoring you. But what happens with fortune telling, right? Oftentimes we're wrong. Right. So take a step back. That person could be going through something where they don't want to answer the phone right now. Yeah. Or I'll make excuses. This person is doing it to you. Yeah. 
or I'll make excuses like, oh, maybe he like his phone didn't ring, like maybe he don't got no service or something like that. She'll be like, she'll be like, call my phone real quick. I'm gonna call you. Let's see if it goes. Through. <laughs> And that happened because one time I called my dad off my phone and he didn't answer and I called him off a different phone and he answered. Mm. So that's why I, I like it's like a trigger. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You learned from that that a person could potentially be ignoring you. Yeah. But if they are, that doesn't you know, let's say okay, let's okay, fuck it. Let's say he is ignoring you, right? Mm-hmm. What does that say about Trinity's work? It says nothing. Because you're not a reflection of how people treat you. Right. You're not. Yeah. Oh, that was good. <laughs> that was good. That is good. Okay. So, like, I would always get from, like, guys, like, oh, you're so cool, but, like, you, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm not, not looking for anything. I'm not looking for anything right now. You're just so cool. I like mm-hmm. I like hanging out with you. I like kicking it, whatever. But yeah. you, you're just so cool, whatever. So then I'll start to think like, dang, like I'm, I'm just cool. I'm just cool. Like I'm not like like why you can't like marry me or something. Like I don't know. Like you know. So but just like, how we have discussed how you can potentially have, um, you know, issues with commitment or connecting to somebody. They could be too. Right. And like by all means, like if he says you're just cool, you just a friend zone. Okay, well, guess what? If I want a relationship and you don't, you're not the nigga for me. Right. right. And especially at your age, like early twenties, um, it's a very hard time today. Um, because <laughs> there are so many people that are just wanting to have fun. You know what I mean? Right. But that doesn't mean that Trinity Winter and Nana are not worthy of having a meaningful connection. It's just not what that meant. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And honestly, the best advice that I got when I was your age, well, actually, it was right before I went to college, and it kind of changed my life. The woman told me, you have the rest of your life to worry about a man. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. This is the time to worry about you. Mm-hmm. Go hang out with your friends. You don't want to be tired. Let me tell you something. Marriage is beautiful. Having children and having a family, it's awesome. But this is the time for you to really just be you like not be attached to nobody yeah. not having a husband weighing down on you not having no kids hollering and screaming to get on your nerves like pack up your purse and go yeah and enjoy that and you don't have to wait until um you have a man to find joy and partner right. you have relationships with friends you have family and other people that love you and care about you you're whole already you know right, right. That is so true. And, so and, true. and you know what? Okay, you just want to have fun? Bet. Break the pockets down. Let's go out to eat. I like Steak 48. You want to have fun? Well, <laughs> guess what? I have fun at Steak 48. I have fun <laughs> going shopping at the Ross. I need some new stuff for my house. Let's go have fun. You know, we, we do that a lot, but you know, everything's closed down. Yeah, like uh, for New Year's, New Year's Eve, we all went to uh, where we go? Eddie V. Yeah, we went to Eddie V's. We was all broke, but we just got checked. Yeah, really good crab cake. It is so Oh fun. my gosh. I love the crab cake. I love the crab cake. But yeah, we do, we do do stuff like that. But then, like, I don't know. I feel like the outings are all turns into like, oh, let's call so and so. See, 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 this is the thing. They have that issue. I don't care to call somebody. Like, right. You know, and I don't know. Like, this is how I feel. I feel like 
it's not a woman's job to go find a man. They find us. So it's just like, if, I mean, I don't know. After all the stuff is done, it's like, okay. Yeah, I'm going to be a little sad if you don't call, but I'm not about to <laughs> just. I don't know. No, Winter, Winter's lying. If she she wants, wants, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. Her boyfriend went on a trip to um that's a whole different situation. <laughs> whole different situation. I thought something happened to him. That's why I was worried. If I knew his exact whereabouts, it's like okay, he'll talk to me but whenever you're he always worry when you don't hear from him. For and like yes, no, listen. Her boyfriend went on a trip for spring break. Mm-hmm. And I guess his phone broke or something. Yes, right? his, phone broke. his phone ended up breaking. She didn't hear from him from him from Thursday like two, to, yeah, two to, three days. to Sunday or whatever. This girl was going crazy. Like she couldn't concentrate without checking her phone. She would check her phone just to see if he texted her. But or whatever. that's coming from a place of I'm concerned about what's going on with him. Uh, Not for no other reason. Another time. It was eight <laughs> or nine o'clock. <laughs> nine o'clock on a Monday morning. Me and Trinity at work. Went to text texting the group message. Guys, he normally texts me at eight thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm, I'm, I'm building a relationship with him. Like I have feelings for him. Like it's something already solidified. If this was, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, whatever. She, she makes a good point. <laughs> it, it, it is a little bit different not to hear from somebody who you care about because you may feel like you know something is wrong, especially if it's out of their schedule. Uh-huh. But at the same time, you know, just be mindful that like you're not entitled to anybody's time. You're not entitled to their affection. You're not entitled to their attention. Which is why it's really important to be good at meeting your own needs. Mm, because yeah. you won't put so much pressure on the other person to make you happy or respond to your texts or answer your phone calls. Which, you know, I mean, it's normal to have that expectation of your partner. But just know that, like, regardless whether you're in a relationship or not, you're not entitled to their time. Oh, wait, I have a question for y'all. Do y'all feel like y'all get attached mm-hmm. to somebody too fast? Yes. Why is that? Mine not too fast, but it's like once I'm attached, I'm really, really attached. No, I get attached fast. But I wonder why that is. Why do you think, Cliche? Like, why do we get it? Because I get attached fast too. Like, once I'm... Okay, I don't know. Once I meet somebody, maybe like a week or two, then I'm like, okay, like, (laughs) you know, let's do it. Because I'm like, what are you waiting for? Like, you approached me for a reason it's like you obviously you know but i don't know i get attached with like if we spend like a lot of time together and like we're doing stuff and we have like some things in common i'm like oh my gosh like this is serious like let's do it like with me i'm like i'll try to fight it at the beginning because i know once i'm attached i'm attached so i'll try to fight it for like a few months but then once you know I see a certain side of him that I'm like, oh, okay, I really, really like you. Like and then him. I'm attached yeah. and like can't let go. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I don't have like a straightforward answer to it. We'd have to peel back the layers to see, you know, what your, um, what your undercover beliefs—not undercover, but what your underlying beliefs are about mm-hmm. attachment and relationships. But like, I guess the short and simple answer of it is, if you're spending time a significant amount of time with somebody, it's natural to feel attached right, to them. Right. Yeah, it, it is. And like, it, there there are times, especially when you're in your, you know, early twenties, where it could feel like, oh, I don't need to be attached to nobody. Like, I just want to play the field. You know, you kind of can go back and forth with yourself about that. But mm-hmm. if you're spending time with the person and like you enjoy their company. And, you know, you feel safe with them. Like, it's normal to feel connected and attached to them. Right. You just have to use discernment on, is this a person who, 
is going to, you know, honor my boundaries, who's going to meet my needs, who, you know what I'm saying, like, right. who's going to give me the love and affection that I want um, right. to determine whether or not how far you want to go with them. But if you're spending time with the person and connecting with them and y'all have stuff in common or, you know, you're able to feel comfortable expressing you know, your feelings to them, like, it's natural to feel attached to them. But, like, at the age, like I said, in your early 20s, there's this pressure to, like, you know, play the field. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can kind of have some dissonance about that. Yeah, and I feel like oftentimes, I often, like, um, like guys a lot or get so excited about guys that they don't they don't like reciprocate the same energy as me even though we are hanging out a lot but then like we might hang out a lot we might spend the whole weekend together like almost every weekend and like hang out a few times a week but then when i'm not with them it's like oh like they not really reaching out to me i'm the main one reaching out to them or whatever and it's like it's annoying like that's yeah it's, that's it's annoying like i'm like okay so we have all this stuff in common and when we hang out everything's cool and stuff now i feel like you have a whole wife and kids because you don't talk to me <laughs> okay 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 Nana, that's a little bit of a stretch you know but that's what goes through my mind though like literally like that's what goes through my mind i'm like okay so uh so during this quarantine he probably back home with his with his at-home girlfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. and <laughs> And he might be, but like, okay, let's say you do express how you feel to a guy, right? You tell him that you like them, mm-hmm. you tell him what you want, and he doesn't want that in return. Yes, it is disappointing, mm-hmm. but what do you lose? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Especially, you know, like, oh, or let's say, okay, he don't feel the same way, but he want to keep you hanging around. Then like, what? I actually... I actually had to cut him off. The exact same situation you just said, and he wants to—he wants to keep hanging out with me. He wants to keep uh, right. kicking it with me or whatever. But I was like, "Well, we don't want the same thing, so it's pointless." And um, my right. feelings are gonna get hurt. And then he but had he the audacity to tell me that he was sad. Sad about what? <laughs> yeah, and he might be sad because you know you're a great person. You have great energy. You know it may be a loss, but yeah. anytime you know you connect with the person who doesn't have the same. Um, you know, feelings, or they don't. You know, they don't want the same things. You don't lose by saying, "Okay, well, nice to meet you, but I'm gonna move on." Yeah, yeah, that's true, I guess. But um, one more question. Okay, so okay. we want to ask you about your love life, if you don't mind telling us. Girl, you <laughs> ain't even my business. Now, look. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I um. So, I guess when I was younger. Because I'm 30 now, mm-hmm. which isn't old, but it's definitely different than being 20. Right. Um, I I have come a long way in my connections with men, and mm-hmm. that's happened through like intentional working on myself through therapy and just being honest with my resistances to intimacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the long and short of that is I didn't really treat men like people. Mm-hmm. Oh. Please don't don't be like me. Like it it wasn't it's not it's not cool to be like that. You know, I mean I know that people say like, oh, I ain't got no feelings. It's really not cool to be like that. I didn't treat men like people. Um and I had to do a lot of like hard looking at myself to see why I felt that way. Right. Um, and when I did, I started dating with a little bit of a different um, intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a part of it was I, I admitted to myself that, you know what, actually I do want a loving connection with a person. I just hadn't had a whole lot of experience 
um, through my own experience and just looking at other people, I hadn't seen that be the case. Like, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen relationships be normal or healthy. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe this isn't what I want. But it, it was what I wanted. I wanted a normal, healthy, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, nurturing relationship with someone. So after um, some time, some failed, like, situations and, you know, failed dating, I did find a person, and I do have a person that I am, you know, like, really serious with, um, and if I hadn't done that work, I don't think that we would be where we are right, right now, right. you know, um, and I, you know, I do have a cheat code, right, because I'm a therapist, and I know <laughs> how to, you know, like, I know how to cut through the bullshit and, like, know how I'm feeling or whatever, but, um, but it really took a lot of intentional work on myself. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's a, um, you know, verse in the Bible that says you have to make room in your storehouse to where when God blesses you, you have room to receive it. Right. So I had to literally make room for, um, make room for a person in my life and work on the issues that I had because you can't, like, you you know, men have feelings, you know, like, they do? you I'm can't, kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> they do some, some of them, no, but seriously, like, men have feelings. <laughs> They have experiences where they feel um, insecure. They have experiences where they feel like they're not good enough. And so, like, I can't just be like, I'm going to just stop all over it just, like, to level the status quo because niggas ain't shit. Like, I, I really had to, like, work on that, you know? Right, right. Um, and because I've, you know, ex- like, worked on being vulnerable and being honest with how I feel and then, you know, Taking it, taking it a step further with being honest with the other person about how I feel and what I want, it's really helped um, get through the tough parts of a relationship. You know what I mean? Right, To keep right. going. Because regardless, like, obviously I don't think it's okay to, like, you know, be with someone who, like, verbally abuses you or, you know, um, plays with your trust or your feelings and cheats on you, right? But even outside of just, like, cheating and mistreating you, there are still problems that you can potentially have in your relationship so if you don't like work on your ability to communicate your ability to feel vulnerable like fighting fair like if you don't work on that prior to being in a relationship it's going to make the relationship that much harder and that's the part of love that like is not truly love it's just dysfunction right you know so have you ever been in love and like if you have been when did you know you were in love so, I mean, I had, like, puppy love, you know, when I was, like, 17, 16. Um, and I knew that I loved that person by how they made me feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, a really warm feeling in my little cold, dead heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt safe with that person. I felt like I could trust them. I enjoyed their company. Mm-hmm. Being around them, my energy felt restored and replenished. It didn't feel trained, you know. Um, I had a lot in common with the person. I felt like I could learn from them, you know. Right. Um, I just overall, I just generally feel happy being with that, you know, like yeah. I just, I just generally feel happy. Um, when I'm not with them, I don't feel like sad. It's not codependent, right? right? I know, like, I feel comfortable, like, if, um, like, let's say I don't hear from him half a day, like, okay, he's either at work or doing something for school, like, he's mm-hmm. busy, like, he'll get at me, like, and that's not to say that, like, I'm just sitting around waiting and he can go days without talking to me, but, like, 
there's just um, I it's I feel comfortable giving benefit of the doubt, and I don't have to worry, right, about whether or not this person really cares for me. You know? Yeah. Um. Do you think it's possible to be with somebody for um a while of time, let's say for at least a year, and not be like in love with them? Like you'll like you can love them, but like not be in love with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. It happens all the time. I mean, talk to people that's been married for you know ten, fifteen years. They'll tell you that there are times where they feel like they didn't love that person. They weren't in love with that person. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Because a relationship requires more than love right. to work. You know, obviously you want to love that person, right. but um, it requires more than love right. to, to work. Yeah. Okay. Do y'all have any more questions for her? Uh, do you believe in polygamy? Do I believe in what now? <laughs> <laughs> polygamy. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. It <laughs> happens. And people, it's not for me, but I don't judge anybody based on how they love and who they love so as long as everybody's consenting and needs are being met and you know there's a mutual understanding and respect and support go for it and honestly like polygamy it it has a lot of benefits you know so i can see why people would do it i mean like you want five incomes yes (laughs) i do (laughs) but you know what i'm saying like there's there there are benefits and I, i can see where people um are comfortable with it on oh, me and my house no okay <laughs> i couldn't do it's it either yeah Mm-mm. it's not for me but that doesn't mean i think it's wrong yeah you know? yeah mm-hmm. same thing trinity do you have anything uh-uh. all right very helpful. this was so helpful oh so yeah helpful. and i was very excited to talk to y'all i was excited you agreed to do it i was telling my sister she been told me to ask you but i was just scared i was like Mom! Because I'm like she grown, she's probably busy. Like, <laughs> ain't nobody busy right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but so I was like, when I had tweeted that tweet, she texted me. She was like, I told you to ask my friend. I was like, I know. I'm just kind of scared. I just hope she see my tweet. <laughs> I did, girl. You know how Twitter works. I, and I was just thinking the other day, I would love to see more like original tweets from people that I follow instead of all these viral tweets. Like, I want to see. Oh yeah, know. yeah. You know what I mean? but, Listen, I'm very down to earth, if you guys can't tell already. Um, it's important to me to give back and talk to people because I need to be visible. Like, people need to know that not every therapist is the same. They need to know that there are therapists out there that look like them, they share the lingo, that, you know, understand, like, culturally mm-hmm. what a person is going through. Um, because it's not every day that people get to, like, interact with therapists. Even for me, like, outside of graduate school like mm-hmm. I didn't meet no therapist like that you know right. what I'm saying so I didn't know like how to be or how they would be or if they would judge me you know cause I mean I can code switch but I'm ghetto so it's like <laughs> are they gonna know you know what I'm saying like are they gonna feel that are they gonna understand that and mm-hmm. so I think people need to see that you know therapists are people just like you right. and if you didn't have a therapist that you liked therapists are like snowflakes everybody's different um, and I encourage, you know, anybody who's out there who feels like they want to go to therapy, but they're not sure, you know, just try. Just try it. If you don't like them, you don't like them. Try somebody else because we're all different. Right. Do you want to plug in your socials or your business or anything? Sure. If you want to connect with me, um, I am on Instagram, uh, Radiant Life Counseling, R-A, well, just 
just put it in the bio. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I'll put it okay, in. Just put it in there. Um, you can connect with me there. I definitely um, put, like, uh, mental health-related content in a way that um, is relatable to me and people who look like me. Um, you know, because, like, some of us need, like, a warm introduction to therapy and some right. of us legitimately can't afford it. So I try to put... Um, things on there that people can help themselves even if they don't want to get um, therapy from me. But yeah, you can hit me up Radiant Life. Um, my link to book my sessions is on there as well. If you have questions and want to shoot me a DM, you can. I'm totally open to that. Um, if you want to text me, my number is there. Like I'm available by text. I primarily do therapy via telehealth. So like we're millennials, right? right. You know, millennials and Gen-, Gen Z, we live on our phones. Everything is on our phones. Right. So I have... Um, I've customized like my approach, you know, to be more relatable in that regard. Right. Okay, well thank you for coming on. Thank you. You're welcome. I would love to do it again. So if y'all wanna have me on, just let me know. Of course, yes. All right guys, um follow us at Go Never Again on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time. Goodbye.